Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos. Joining me live is Avery at Brave Grapes. Made a margarita. <laughs> uh, ultra vindicated times two. Angry Boy Matthew Huberton at No Pit Stops. Literally never been wrong. <laughs> Not a single goddamn time. And for the last time ever, <laughs> read at Pac-10 Read. Matt, you are literally very wrong about this Ma- exact tire. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. May or may not have been drunk and meant to say Feldman the whole time. Okay, I don't know why I would ever say that about McMurphy. Oh, man, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, man, what a news day. This has been wild. We will talk about this uh, higher in depth. Uh, we will uh, get off our jokes. We will dunk on UW, and then we'll talk seriously about Kalen DeBoer at some point. But first, just a quick, quick recap. Oh, shout out to Homefield for sponsoring this podcast. Make sure we got a lot of people tuning in. Like this video, subscribe, please. We really appreciate it. Uh, we would we're trying to up our numbers, we're trying to juice our numbers, trying to be popular influencers. So please like this video, subscribe if you're enjoying this. Uh, just a quick rundown of everything that has happened. Massive news day today uh, for Pac-12 Twitter for UW fans. Early on in the morning, uh, we know that Dan Lanning has officially not taken the Alabama job. He's turned down Alabama or Alabama said no to him, if you like my narratives. Um, And they since move on to their other candidates. Mike Norvell, very quickly early on the morning, uh, the Florida State head coach, he signs a large extension. Uh, there's reports that there is an extension being worked on for Steve Sarkeesian. So ostensibly, those two coaches are off the board. Then after that, uh, there's not a lot of candidates left. And so the reporting is Kalen DeBoer is the focus of the Alabama coaching search. Things escalate quickly. It becomes Kalen DeBoer has entered in negotiations, at which point everyone says it's over. Uh, And then as the day progresses, we get more and more final all the way up until it being mostly confirmed by Pete Thamel that they have come to an agreement and that he will be the head coach of Alabama, leaving Washington in the dusk. We will get to what this means for Kalen DeBoer, whether we think he can succeed. We will get to what this means for Washington. We'll get to what this means for the rest of the Big Ten slash Pac-12 schools that are going. We'll we'll get into what implications this has for other Pac-12 slash Big 12 and Big Ten schools. But first, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. People are going to be uh, very mean. So this is our this is our ten minutes of of being ultra fucking mean to Washington uh, because there is a lot. Uh, ten minutes. What the fuck? There's a lot to go around. Reed, anything you'd like to get off your chest around Washington? I I just want to <laughs> lead with this. Set the tone really before we get into the jokes and say if you are tuning into this podcast. As a neutral, you're thinking, maybe I should feel bad for these people. Specifically, maybe I should feel bad for the Washington fan Let me tell you, do not, do not feel fucking bad. Do not feel 1% bad for these people, okay? There has been nobody who has consistently made jokes about coaches leaving for other programs more than fucking Washington. Like, they are the originator of this. Um, and it is just so perfect that it is all swirled back to bite them losing a national title, losing their head coach to Alabama three days later after landing rejected the same job. Oh my God. It is just perfect. So please do not feel bad, uh, with that. The rest of you can take it away. 
Matthew Bertin, um, you you have said all season that they've been getting away with it. Have they finally? Has it finally caught up to them? <laughs> I, this is the penance, right? Is this not? Is this not the penance for fucking fifteen weeks of this goddamn forsaken shit? Like, uh, like didn't really, win this one by three. Not have landed barely. <laughs> I would say they did not win this one by three. Does anyone else agree? Did not win this one by three. I'm sorry. <laughs> Winners do not, in fact, win. They offered nine million. Okay, surely that was competitive. I bet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about this so far has just been like, I mean, the thing, the reason why this is so fucking funny <laughs> that Galen DeBoer leaves for Washington is you have, I mean, it goes really to Reed's point back to 2021. Mario Cristobal wins a Rose Bowl in 2019. The 2020 season happens. It's 2021. He gets his ass kicked twice. Oregon fans are all like, oh, yeah, Mario Cristobal's the guy. Uh, please, like, this is the best coach in the Pac-12. Uh, and then there's rumors, like, in October where it's like he's leaving for Miami. Miami job's opening up. He's gone. And Oregon fans being like, can you like – and Greg being like, nope, no fucking way. Yeah, make sure you throw Greg yeah. in there because Greg was the, one of the biggest defenders of Mario Cristobal staying I've ever seen. <laughs> and then <laughs> got a, we got a comment here from our homie Joe Locust, Locust094. Just tuned in to see how you'd handle it. Going about how I thought it would. Goodbye to all four of you forever. Okay, let me step in here for a second. If you are a rational UW fan experiencing like the worst week of your life, understand that we would do this for Dan Lanning to probably a bigger degree. I did it for Dan Lanning. Here's the thing, yeah. We're doing it for Dan Lanning. Uh, (laughs) Look, let's just keep dunking on Washington for a little bit, and then we'll we'll shift and talk about... Talk a little bit about uh, why we do this and why we do this to everyone. Um, I think it's extremely funny that uh, we got... I I mean, as soon as Alabama, the job opens up, as soon as any job opened up for like two years, Washington fans ran to social media, to Twitter, to say, oh, Dan Lanning's gone. Sorry. Enjoy. Get ready and, to learn. Get ready sure to learn. Learn coach if search, buddy. Be in the other one. Put Matt in this one. <laughs> get ready to learn coaching <laughs> search, buddy. Uh, and then it seems to happen again. Everyone's like Dan Lanning's absolutely gone. Um, and then he he uh, doesn't go. Um, he puts out a video saying, "Yeah, I'm staying." And it ends up being Washington who goes. It was a very, very quick thing. I think it's extremely funny. I think it's funny that for the program that has said um, that uh, there are no um, – that Washington is not a stepping stone job and Oregon is. Number one, if we, let's just go down there coaching. I talk, tweeted about this. Steve Sarkeesian leaves for USC. Um, Chris Peterson leaves for television. He hates the UW job. The UW job has killed him. It is such a difficult job that he decided he'd rather be talking on television. He said, I am never coaching college football again because a UW job is so fucking hard. The UW job was so fucking hard that Jimmy Lake uh, basically broke himself. The man hasn't coached a college game since then. Just self-combusted. Just completely broken. Uh, And then Kalen DeBoer comes after two years. He's like, I'm done with this shit. Um, very funny stuff. I think this is hilarious. I, I think it's very funny now. So a kook center tweeted this, tweeted something like, uh, Washington fans were like, 
oh, this is just the when they left for the Big Ten. Oh, this is just the reality of college football. Uh, Washington State, Oregon State, uh, enjoy the Mountain West, buddy. Since I like you're 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 screwed. This is how college football works. Get your money up. Uh, and then, uh, and then now they're they're moralizing and proselytizing on Twitter, saying, "Wow, I cannot believe Kalen DeBoer left for money. Is nothing sacred anymore? It is college football all about money? Is this where we're at in society?" Um, it's been very funny to watch that reaction. Also, by the way, no fan base has like straight up quit and evaded the smoke like UW fans have. Like. They are they are deleting their accounts in fucking droves. They're all <laughs> tweeting, "I'm never coming back here again," and they're fucking gone. <laughs> in fairness, all those accounts are named after Debor and Penix. <laughs> like, they- <laughs> here's the thing they about the deleting accounts. accounts thing. I I've been thinking about this all year. I've been on sports Twitter for a long time, so I've seen like many glorious fan meltdowns. I've been a part of a few of those, and I thought. Like that the deleting count thing wasn't a thing anymore after the way Oregon fans reacted to losing to their rival twice in one season. Like if anything's sending you off of the internet, it's that and they stayed. So I was like, oh, I guess people aren't like having a breakdown and deleting their social media anymore. This these these fans played in the natty. Their team played in the natty four days ago. And they're deleting their internet presence. That's what? That's Let me cool. introduce you great. to what we have all known of Washington fans for 20 years, okay? We did not <laughs> hear from these motherfuckers until 2016. They did not exist on the internet until 2016. They, I appreciate, I appreciate I you calling like a them lot of Washington people didn't fans. Exist on the like, <laughs> I am just happy that somebody in the Pac-12 is having a moment that, like, where these responses are occurring. Like, that's that's where we have been missing this type of, like, drama going on for no less than like since 2019 like this has been some good good shit <laughs> oh man it's been it's been a blast on twitter i feel like it's just been nonstop uh people dunking on washington for being a stepping stone job have we gotten all of it anyone else want to just vent about washington before we actually talk in earnest in good faith about what the hell has happened here i this hasn't been good faith the whole time <laughs> Read Jordan Reffitt from July 11th. LOL, this isn't some shit stain Oregon program where coaches leave every couple of years, bud. <laughs> oh my God. He's the worst of them, though. He's truly the worst of them. Oh, there's so many of those tweets out there. You there's so many you of them. Football opinions. My life is so amazing. Baha ha ha ha. Quoting McMurphy's tweet that Dan Lanning is. The lead candidate to replace Saban. <laughs> the side by side of quote tweet of the McMurphy tweet and then account deleted. <laughs> there have been like 17 of those. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, our buddy James, who co hosts the Quacked Out podcast with, uh, <laughs> who has, uh, he hosts that with Reed, um, posted at Son of DeBoer. Uh, who tweeted, no matter how much Phil Knight dumps into this program, it's still located in Eugene, Oregon. It's still a gimmick brand with no tradition, still the perfect stepping stone. Landing may not be an Aggie, but he won't be a lifelong duck, nor will their next coach or the one after that. Photo two, uh, Twitter account deleted. (laughs) 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 Oh, so good, so good. Okay, have we got it all of our sis? Oh, one more, one more. Joshua Connerly. The uh, the uh, the lineman for Oregon 
uh, there's a meme that UW fans like to show of of him out in the uh, in the in at Husky Stadium, and the quote is, "I know how much you hurt right now." Like that's the caption for the cinematic thing right there, <laughs> and he quote tweeted that saying, "For all my UW football Twitter friends, <laughs> I know how much you hurt right now." <laughs> So good. Okay. Anything else we want to get? Let's get it all out of our system so that we can adequately engage and be. I nice know that to we will talk about this in an adequate way. Um, Jonathan fucking Smith, my guy. <laughs> listen, listen. I Jonathan Smith's bio is only seven million. Like There's he, no he way. is still on the table. There's no way he's still on the table. And you know what? UW was like really worried about next season. Who's going to be their quarterback? And you know what? Jonathan Smith has handled. Who's who's gonna be their quarterback? Can you transfer twice in one? If your coach <laughs> leaves, once? if your coach leaves, you can yeah. transfer. So is Aiden Childs gonna do a semester <laughs> at Michigan State and then transfer to UW? He literally could. This is silly as fuck. This is so fucking <laughs> silly. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Let's talk. Let's let's be serious about this now. Let's let's put on our serious Pac-12 analysts uh, and journalists hat. Washington does does leave for for sorry, Kalen DeBoer does leave for Washington. Um, he he is there for <laughs> two years, great. and he goes uh, a pretty remarkable was it twenty five and and three um, uh, uh, had an absurd run at Washington. He promptly leaves them. Uh, my first question, and let's go to Reed with this one to start. How 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 and why did we get here? What were the circumstances that led Kalen DeBoer to this? And were you surprised that it actually happened? I think before you even get to the circumstances at UW, you have to acknowledge like this is very clearly DeBoer's track record. You can go back through what he's done. He has not stayed anywhere longer than like four years. Um, That's the coach he is right now. He's someone who elevates a team of players, but he hasn't built programs. He hasn't recruited well. He hasn't even really developed well, if you think about it. He's put players in good positions, but he hasn't done the developing of them. Um, So I think that's the first thing. I mean, he's just a guy who is a job climber, clearly. Uh, In terms of Washington or Alabama, I think Washington just doesn't have the resources right now. They are not one of those 15 mansions on the island as people say that you know can compete for a national championship and i think DeBoer probably had some tough conversations over the last 24 or 48 hours with uw administration with their collective whatever what can you actually give me and ultimately he realized it wasn't up to par to compete for a national title that sounds funny given that they just played for one uh but i think he knows the program better than anyone, and he saw the writing on the wall that they weren't built to get back to where they just were. Yeah. I I think one of the key pieces here is a quote that he had back in, I think it was earlier this year when they were talking about contract extensions. They're like, hey, what's the deal like with your contract extension and Troy Dannon and all this other stuff? And Kalen DeBoer is like, I want to be at a place that has enough resources. And, you know, I, I, I think Troy has said he's trying to do those things, but it was very much not a like, oh no, I'm not, I'm set here. I'm good. Right. It wasn't the Dan Lanning, like 
I'm good. I'm. I, there is nothing else out there for me. I don't care about the things that other people are offering. I feel like I have everything I need right here. Kalen DeBoer did not do that. He didn't do that. He, he said, I, I want to make sure that I have the resources here to be able to do, and I'm confident that we'll be able to get them. But like at the time, people were sort of raising their eyebrows and saying, that wasn't a definitive no. That wasn't a like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely here. Um, and I think ever since then, in the back of people's minds was, could this happen? I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, there's all kinds of other stuff about Kalen DeBoer and the signs that this was coming or wasn't coming. But I think that's probably worth mentioning. And I think to your point, Reed, like the he did not think that he had the resources to do what he needed to do at Washington going forward. Matthew Huberson, what about you? What? Why did this happen? How did this happen? Did you? Are you? Are you genuinely surprised? Could, do you feel like if I told you this in October, you'd be like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Um, definitely makes sense that DeBoer would have gone on to another school. I, I mean, look, man, like Alabama opened. Like this is, mm-hmm. it's, it's not that complicated as far as when you talk about the idea that fucking like USC poached Oklahoma's coach, like. Yeah. If UW really thinks they're on the same level as Alabama, I have a terrible, terrible conversation to have with Oregon you. is, though, um, just frankly, for the record. Oregon's coach d- turned it down. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> frankly, Alabama Oregon turned down Dan Lanning. Alabama. Like, as far as the program, I understand, like, I'm sure Reed and I at some point will get to the conversations about, like, where the NIL landscape is and the com- and the comparison between Oregon and Alabama in that regard. But, like, I just... it. And like, I thought that I thought it was more likely that DeBoer was going to Michigan and all of a sudden Alabama opened and DeBoer jumped and that's great. You know, like, I don't, I don't think that it was a bad decision as we talked about on the, um, Patreon show. Like, dude, look at that too deep. Like, (laughs) I don't think anybody wants to coach at Washington next year. (laughs) What about you, Graves? Are you, are you surprised that this happened? Did you feel like if I told you in October, Galen DeBoer's jumping somewhere else. Would are you? Are you would you have been shocked? I mean, were you telling me that it was Alabama? Yeah. Were you telling me it was like one of the top three programs in the country? Then I'd been like, okay. If you if you would have told me it was Michigan, I'd be like, uh, I don't know. UW might be able to like have a counter offer that keeps him home. There's you can call Alaska Airlines and say, hey, I we need you, and they could give all their money. They could like gamble away their company. And Alabama would still find some rich person to shake loose enough cash out of. Like, it's just like you can't compete with that. Can I take this in a new direction? Okay. I think we're going to go here next anyways. Was this a good decision? Um, I know Matt feels differently. I think this was a terrible decision. I don't know how you are going to follow probably the greatest college coach in history he will have. He already has statues. People were like mourning his statue. Can we just talk about why he has a statue while he's still the fucking coach at Alabama? People were leaving donuts and cigars on his statue. Yeah, this man is still alive. And why is there a statue? Having a statue should- of someone while you're like still a, like that's, that's fucking ridiculous to me. That just marks how much this program like this is the greatest college yeah, coach that's ever. True. Right? Yeah. How are you going to follow that? How are you how are you choosing to follow that? I don't care about the expectations that UW has built for themselves. Nothing that they have achieved in the last few years, going to a national championship, moving to a new conference, 
being a school that has somewhat of a history will ever, ever, ever match the expectations that are going to be immediately thrown onto Kaylin DeBoer, especially since their rise as a national championship team is because of him completely. We saw what happened when they hired a different coach. He came in and completely changed the program. So they're going to expect him to turn Alabama into a national championship winning team next season. And I don't know if he's capable of recruiting high school recruits to continue that on after Nick Saban's recruits are already in the program. I think it was a bad idea. I, and I think we should make fun of him for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's, I would say it's an upgrade, although Brian Floyd is tweeting some stuff on Seattle Sports Talk Radio that uh, where apparently Washington fans are calling this a lateral move. <laughs> I cannot imagine uh, calling it a lateral. Uh, you, who's calling it a lateral? You kind of did. Um, no, you didn't. You didn't call it a lateral. No, move. Wait, what? Um, but I think I think it's uh, no. It's not a lateral move. That's ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, I understand the whole like the guy after the guy thing. Like I've heard that argument that you don't want to be the guy after the guy. You want to be the guy after the guy after the guy. <laughs> yeah, following. <laughs> if you're following me, like you don't want to follow Nick Saban. You want to follow the guy who follows Nick Saban. Um, and I sort of feel like it doesn't matter. I mean, number one, it's low risk, right? Like if you are the guy after the guy and you f- and you flame out, um, I feel like like what what does it matter? He's Kalen DeBoer. If he doesn't succeed and he's gone in three years, he can find another Power Five job. That's if your coaching style requires you to bring in transfers, which I believe Kalen DeBoer's does because he doesn't have experience. Um, recruiting really high talented players like he just doesn't how are you going to be like yeah I failed at Alabama but we're rebuilding with like juniors and seniors you know like that's a harder thing to sell than if you if he has the capability to recruit out of high school which like he hasn't proven to do look at their recruiting class it's fine but like bringing seniors onto the team after you've like completely flamed out and you didn't have success that's that's not low risk. But he's going to be in a worse situation next year. His roster is going to be worse than Alabama's next year by a huge margin. It would yeah. have been by a huge margin. And the thing is, is that like he will maybe he will flame out like and and like maybe we have some ideas that he will flame out. But I, I, I don't know. He'll land at like, I don't know, whatever job opens up in three years. Florida. Right. I don't know. Someone goes to Florida. They flame out in three years like. He could get the job at Florida if he flames out at Alabama. I think everyone recognizes that the Alabama job is unbelievably difficult. Uh, n- not, it's not difficult, but it's the circumstances are difficult because of who you have to follow. I think it is a low-risk move. I think it does make sense that he would take that. Um, I also think that Kalen DeBoer, uh, for all the winner's win shit, that he does succeed with what is there in front of him. I think the big knock on Kalen DeBoer is like, you don't know if this dude can build a sustainable winner. You just don't, you don't know if he's going to every job that he's been to Sioux falls. He was there for five years. Cool. I guess maybe that's some indication that, that he can win at uh, longer than five years, but he was at two years at Fresno state and two years at Washington. Got it. And both of those cases, he left before the quarterbacks could leave, right? He didn't have to recruit a new quarterback, an entire roster like Jake Hayner leaves. Michael Penix is leaving. So I think that's the one question mark for Kalen DeBoer is like, can he build a program? But if he goes the first two or three years. Where does he leave for? 
in three years? The NFL. Where is he, he going? He, Who's going to offer him a better deal? He needs to get his ass the to NFL. the NFL. That's what he 100% needs to do. As soon as he starts losing those Nick Saban guys, he's like looking at head coaching positions on the Philadelphia yes, Eagles. Yes, that would be perfect. He could just be an OC. He could just be an offensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> or where oh, is yeah. his do- Where are his daughters going to play <laughs> softball then? Um, but yeah, the NFL is a great point. Go ahead, Reed. I know you're going to talk a little bit about him. Yeah. Like he, the NFL being the next natural step. It just makes so much sense. I mean, you talk about like he's great at winning with what's in front of him. He should have a fucking GM who does all the rest of the stuff for him. <laughs> if he had a GM, he would be awesome. Um, I mean, in the context of like, should he take the Bama job? I think we also have to get into the psyche of Kalen DeBoer a little bit. Like, this is a dude who wins everywhere. His motto is winners win. He carries magical beans in his pocket and he can't fucking fail. Like, so the, no part of his calculus in taking this job is what if I don't win at Alabama? He thinks he can win there because he's never lost anywhere. Uh, and I think he might lose eventually in college. Like, I think Washington wouldn't have been in a great spot in three years if he'd stayed, maybe. But he got another life raft, you know, to a better play- situation. And it's probably going to happen again because he's probably going to be able to win at Alabama immediately. And then some NFL team's probably going to offer him a job. And then he's going to get there and he's probably going to do really well in the NFL because he'll probably have a good GM <laughs> and he'll be known as like the greatest coach ever and he'll have never had to build a program <laughs> on his own. It's Dude, sh- when DeBoer is 11, I'm going to tweet so much. Oh, he can't my. keep getting away with this oh, shit. Oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah, but the, but that I think that is actually like a really clear-headed trajectory for what Kalen DeBoer is doing here because no college coach, I don't think there's a single college coach that's like, I love recruiting. Some will embrace it more than others, but like he is the perfect, I think like he is a player's coach in a lot of ways and talks about relationships and knows how to manage egos. And that translates well to like an NFL sort of context and doesn't have to do to your point, the roster building. Absolutely, I can see him staying for two or three years at Alabama, kicking all ass, getting a job in the NFL, and that working out just fine for him. It's, you know, that's sort of where it would suggest he's going. So I think it does make sense for him. And if he does, and again, if those two first two to three years don't work out, he doesn't come in and like takes the players, takes Saban's players and turn them in a, into a national championship winner and like flames out, then yeah, okay, you'll get a chance to try again when Dan Lanning leaves for the NFL and he goes to Oregon and wins with Dan Lanning's players and then he can decide where he's going after that, right? Like that stuff could absolutely happen. So I don't know. I think it's a low, I think I do think it's a low risk uh, position for him. I, why not? And honestly, like I'm trying, like I was thinking about Dan Lanning going to like Alabama and like all these other teams. Like I know they don't really pay attention to truck stops, but I have a good beat on Alabama just because they dominate the rest of the sport and dominate all the headlines and stuff like that. Kalen DeBoer is like a successor to Nick Saban just makes sense to me. Like he's not like spectacular as a program builder, a really good, like I guess X's and O's guy. will just figure out ways to win. I don't know. And it's just kind of there and is always working his way up. That feels like it fits as a successor. And the guy after the guy maybe doesn't come after someone fails, but the guy after the guy maybe comes after someone succeeds, you know? Um, and he does look like he enjoy car owning car dealerships. Yeah, exactly. That's a very <laughs> Nick Saban thing to do. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm, does anyone have any thoughts about K- specifically Kalen DeBoer and whether this was a good decision for him before we talk about the Washington side of this? Well- I guess I'm just not built to be a head coach. <laughs> Funny. Um, because you couldn't pay me 
ten million dollars to live in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell out like that to live in Alabama. I'm sorry to all of our Alabama listeners. But this guy has no home. Like it's not like he's no. his daughter it's not like plays he's, softball he's, at UW. Okay, <laughs> they might as well be a military <laughs> family. <laughs> the way they're moving around. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, but like that's he doesn't. He he has he's a nomad. He really is. He's kind of bounced around all over the place, taking his family from one city to the next. This is the life he's chosen for himself. This is he's gonna be like uh what's the gosh is it like Dick Vermeil or one of those people who just like kind of bounces like Larry Brown in the NBA was like a guy who just like stayed there for a couple years, won a bunch of shit, and then left and then went to another job. Like I feel like that's Kalen DeBoer. He's just gonna Dennis Erickson. He's gonna be Darren, Dennis Erickson. He's gonna go like. 10, 15 different jobs and every single job be like, yeah, fuck yeah. Kalen DeBoer, yeah, I fuck with that guy. Like, it was awesome. Great, great two, three years before he left for somewhere else. Um, Literally only Utah fans feel that way about Dennis Erickson. No, I think Arizona, uh, I guess Arizona State fans don't like a Dennis Erickson. (laughs) Um, I don't know, Miami fans maybe. Oregon State fans? Oregon State fans like like Dennis Erickson. Um, Reed, what were you going to say about uh, Kalen DeBoer? Yeah, I feel like there's, in terms of like, will he be successful? I think there's two ways to approach that. One, you have to like sit down and look at how good is he actually as a coach? Because what I said before is like the narratives around it, but I do push back a little bit on the national people who like just are learning about Dan or just learning about Kalen DeBoer in the past month and pulling up his head coaching record. And like, that's all they're saying because we did watch this year and they won. I mean, they won all, almost all their games, obviously, except for the last one. But the margins were pretty close there, right? Uh, and and there was some luck that went into that. That like, I don't know if that's just Kalen DeBoer it factor that can be repeated, or if it was just the luck of the bounces. And some of those might not go his way in a pretty good SEC with a lot of talent and a lot of pretty good coaches there. Um, the other part of it is like how much of the burden does he have to carry on the roster building side of things? How much support does he have from Nick Saban and how developed is that Bama infrastructure? Because there has been some noise about like Bama wasn't really set up for this. They had been getting by on Nick Saban's reputation. Um, They weren't winning bidding wars in NIL. Like they were winning because people trusted I can take a discount to go play for Nick Saban they're not doing that for DeBoer, like Kirby Smart's going to have no problem, uh, you know, recruiting against him in the most negative fashion possible. So I think if this thing doesn't get rolling and he doesn't have that support, it could go bad. On the other side, if he can just focus on winning games and Saban can kind of mentor him and take a lot of the lift off of the recruiting side of it, he could be really successful. Yeah. I think those are fair points. Anyone else have anything to say about Kalen DeBoer here on this side of it before we shift over to Washington? Are, are you suggesting Saban like staying on as like a player personnel director? Is that what you're <laughs> meaning as far as that goes? Like in what in what world is like I'm too old for this shit turn into so I'm going to do the most heavy lifting <laughs> involved in the, the entire worst part job. of the job? I That's don't the part I'm going to continue to do. <laughs> I don't think it's he's. I don't think Saban is staying on and doing the dirty work of it. But I think in terms of like Kalen DeBoer goes in there, I don't think Kalen DeBoer, I mean, he clearly, he does not have a fucking clue how to recruit in the SEC. Like he has never done that at any job he's had. 
Um, so maybe, you know, it, yeah, it's not Saban picking up the phone, but does Saban have some blueprints there and know the right people and can get them to come onto this staff and do the right things to support DeBoer in a way that enables him to have that success? Well, let's move over to the Washington side of this. Uh, let's talk about what Washington goes from here. If they screwed up at any point here, let's let, yes, let's talk about like, did Washington fuck up, or is this just a situation where it's like Alabama's going to take ninety nine percent of whoever is thrown out their way, um, or or whoever is on their list, right? They could have had ninety percent of the coaches available to them. What do you think, uh, Matt? I guess we can start with you, and then we can go to Avery. Like, do you feel like? Do you feel like Washington did anything wrong here? No, I mean, it's definitely shitty timing as far as your athletic director leaves, you know, the year that you really need to be extending this guy. Um, and I do think that that those extension talks not really starting until halfway through the year when DeBoer's agent probably, you know, had, had an idea that maybe this may or not be be happening. Um, I, I do think that that's really the only quote mistake. It's not like, I don't know that you really had much of a choice as far as, um, oh, did USC fuck up your life again? Uh, did that did that happen? Okay, yeah, no, that'll that'll happen. So, um, no, I don't think I don't think Washington did anything wrong. I do think that there's a certain amount of um, I don't know looking inward. Like I, I really push back on this idea that the expectations are so ridiculously high at Alabama compared to Washington. I the man has lost two games, like <laughs> in. Two years and one of them was the national title do you really think that washington fans are going to be okay with seven and five next year without a roster even if they're watching the quarterback like there's no way it doesn't matter about fans i mean like from the program and who's paying his checks i think they'd be fine with it they're fair weather fans though that's who washington fans are (laughs) to their core it's just true they disappear (laughs) when the program's bad they delete their twitter accounts they don't care anymore they become mariners fans they become Seahawks fans. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal to them. Until they win, they become front runners. They get on Twitter. They pretend that it's what they care about for four months. Then their coach leaves and their program shrivels up and dies. I mean, I, I feel like you have a, a weird benchmark because Oregon fans are like a weird amount of loyal. It's fucking unhealthy. annoying. It's unhealthy. And probably just as ba- bad, if not worse, than being a Fairweather fan. <laughs> Like being a fair weather fan, you know what you can handle. You care as I've aged, being I've, I I see the appeal of being a fair weather fan. I was a fair weather Utah fan for like the last two years, right? <laughs> like delightful. I get it. <laughs> I'm protecting my mental health. We'll see how they react, but like I think it's fine to be like I'm taking a step back. We lost to an FCS team. Like I don't blame you. I would do the same shit. And I do think that that I, I'm going to amend Reed's statement to be like, it's probably more closer to like fair weather boosters where yeah. the boosters are definitely going to be there and will definitely be around when things are going very well. But they, I don't know that they want to show up and pay that check as far as a buyout goes to fire a coach when things are going seven and five, right? Like versus what you're looking at in Alabama where, yeah, I mean, if you're going eight and four, like there will be plenty of people showing up willing to, to write that buyout check. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I need to remind everyone that Reed is an Oregon fan. So he's extra you, really? asshole. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> like, if you're watching this podcast and you're like, these people are so mean. Don't, don't let me in with Reed. I, I live in the state of Washington. I've met Washington fans and I think they're fine. I guess we'll see how they react, but I think that's a majority of fan bases that just like, 
say goodbye when their team is back. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because again, they were 14 and one <laughs> and, and they're, and they're, but I, I don't think Washington fans are, I don't think that they're fair weather fans. I think that they have been even, you know, for the most part over the past 15, 20 years have consistently showed up to games. Uh, they, there is, there always has been, I think, energy around the program. I don't think that they, I like 2021 was not a moment where they disappeared at all. I don't think that they just disappeared that season. I don't think they disappeared at the beginning of the 2022 season following the 2021 season. Um, I don't think they disappeared in the 2017, 2018 seasons when they were really good. Um, but maybe not that good. I don't think that they disappear. I I do think, I mean, whatever. I I think that they're reacting in a way that a lot of um, college fans react when they are shocked that their coach leaves. And it's one thing like, when your coach leaves. It's another when you're like completely stunned that your coach leaves, which I don't know why they would be. Like as soon as the Alabama job opened up, Kalen DeBoer was right there and he was always going to be a serious target. And he was also the most likely to leave because he's the most nomadic. Um, he's the most willing to do it. Kalen DeBoer never cared about Washington. I think that is clear. I, none of these coaches for the most part, with some fringe examples, give a shit about their programs. Like, I'm sorry, Reed, Dan Lanning is, does not love Oregon more than, like, the average coach loves their job. Kalen DeBoer just happens to be a more nomadic head coach. Yeah, let's go into that. I Here we go. I fucking hate this more than We're anything. We're talking about I've Oregon. talked about it so, <laughs> so much about, like, the Jonathan Smith stuff about him leaving. Oh, yeah. Anytime a coach leaves a program... People love to emphasize that they're not loyal or that the coaches that do stay are like some morally like higher beings that deserve to be applauded for staying at a job. And I I will not fucking hear that about Dan Lanning. I refuse to fucking hear that unless we get a confirmation that he was offered the exact same contract that Kalen DeBoer was. And even if we get that, like you don't get a pat on the back for staying in your cushy multi-million dollar job. Like you were you don't care about these fans in any real capacity. This is a job to you. You will not lay your life on the line for this program. I don't want to hear it. You're not better than anyone but, else. Yeah. Look, but, uh, look, I'll stop if I, I'll, I'll If let that I'm go. a little eager to dunk on Washington fans, <laughs> let me explain <laughs> that this, like, the dirt has been thrown on Oregon fans twice in the last five years. Or, what? you know, whatever. When Cristobal left, like, Washington fans had the shovel and they were piling the dirt over on us. Like this is what the rivalry is, you know? And and yeah. I'm not going to say you can't shit on them because they were doing the same shit with Dan Lanning literally yesterday and the exactly. day before. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Don't tell me that Dan Lanning deserves like a plaque and commemoration of him staying no, at Oregon. He, like and, for the love they, of God. Well, and neither did Kalen DeBoer. <laughs> Dan neither did Kalen DeBoer. <laughs> Yeah, n- neither did Kalen yeah. DeBoer, neither did Chris Peterson, right? None of them. Uh, Stodge says not even fucking Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, well, deserves that shit. Well, I don't know, man. That dude, that dude is weird. <laughs> I think he just—he's a weird case. Um, Stodge brings up this is people projecting what they wish college football is really about. Actually, a really yeah. good point. Like genuinely yeah. and honestly, like I don't know. I don't want to berate fans for like being upset that Kalen DeBoer left because I do think a lot of the enjoyment that people get out of sports is like falling in love with the players and the coaches and like this is you know they they enjoy watching them and you get invested in their stories and this is why people like you know enjoy sports i think it's a big part of it it's like man i really love that caitlin DeBoer seems like such a great guy and he really loves washington and blah 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 and like you know that that's sort of like i think people really wish it was about like relationships and watching someone you know 
want to win at the place that they want them to win and them feeling a little aggrieved that like, oh, damn, like he said he was all about us and he said he was all about that, which is a thing a college coach has to say. Um, so I do think that like, you know, I, I do feel bad for fans that like, I think haven't become blackpilled like we are having seen this sport and having seen coaches come in and out of it. I do think fans are like, want to feel like they're rooting for something that like people are loyal to. Um, when a lot of people aren't and like, you know, I get why they're not. I'm not saying like Kalen DeBoer shouldn't have taken this job and he's an asshole and blah, blah, blah. I will say that about Jonathan Smith. I don't care, but, um, you know, I, I, I do feel that. So I don't blame them for being upset. I think it is nice. Do I think it's a little naive to be like, yeah, yeah, I'll never leave. I do, but I don't blame them for wanting to believe that either. So I don't know. I sound like a broken record here, but I I really don't like the whole oh, Washington fans don't deserve this. Yeah, it sucks your coach is leaving. There's two teams being left behind that don't have a fucking conference right now. Like at the end of the day, you're going to hire someone that's probably going to be good enough to make your program at least a winning team. There is literally two programs that have been left behind with nothing. <clears throat> I don't feel bad for you. Like you're going to the Big Ten. Eventually, you'll be full members of the Big Ten. You're going to be okay. You were just playing in the national championship. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe let's talk about it. Uh, what is Where does Washington go from here? Because Grapes, you sort of alluded to like, hey, they'll find a good head coach and, you know, find someone who is who they'll actually be able to pay a good amount and all this other stuff. I'm curious to know who they do hire. Matt, let's go to you. What do you feel like the options are for Washington? Where do you think they should go? What do you think they should do? Um, I mean, I think that I, I think your first call genuinely does need to be Jonathan Smith. <laughs> like, I yeah, don't, probably. I, and I, and I think that you need to make him say no. And I think he should say no because dear God, like taking two power five, like, like yeah, jumping, that would look real bad. They would look so bad. Um, but you could I, get away with it. I still think he could get away with it with, with UW because he has coached there. He does have coaching experience there and the UW team, like being the coach of the UW team does not, was not on the table. At the time, it did not look like it was going to be on the table. So, yeah, I I don't know. I I think that there's certainly hope as far as if you keep gr- like elevating Grub. Um, there's delightful jokes about your successful coaches moving on, and so you're uh, you're elevating a a highly liked and respected coordinator. Um, surely that's never gone poorly for UW uh, recently or anything. So I, I, but truly, I don't know. Like I think that you look at. I mean, the covers are bare. <laughs> they, they are. And there is not even a a decent recruiting class that you can even try to hold on to right now that I, I think that whoever is looking at this job, I mean, maybe you go and try to. I, I, I don't even I don't even know. Like, I, really, I have an idea. I, I don't know that you're looking at a power five job, a, a power five setting head coach that you can vote right now. No. I think you have to look at Morgan Scally. I think you pick up the phone, <laughs> call Morgan Scally, say, hey, please, Kyle Winningham's never retiring. Please come coach our program. Yeah. yeah it, it, I I don't know. I want to make I wanted to make this joke that everybody talking about how like they just want college football to be about loyalty and family and like the brotherhood, like skill issue. Be better. Simply <laughs> simply raise your coaches from the womb. It's not that hard. <laughs> Yeah. What do you think? What do you think, Reed? Jonathan Smith, you feel like, uh, first of all, should they call him? He was, by the way, the offensive coordinator at Washington before under Chris Peterson. He has connections to Washington, not too distant. That's how he got the Oregon State job. Do you feel like Jonathan Smith, Washington should try to call him up and see what the deal is of that buyout? And do you think that's feasible? 
it I don't know where they go here. I mean, one way to look at it is like they just went to a national title game. Is this even a better job than it was in 2021? Because from a roster perspective, it's not. Uh, from a, how much money are we making in comparison to the people in our conference and who's on our schedule? It's not. Uh, how many wins can we be projected to, you know, for an on an average season compared to the level of program we are within our conference? Like all those things make this a lower level power to job right now. Um, I think that the ties of Jonathan Smith are interesting. It would be a big difference in terms of how they're building that thing than how, you know, the style that Kalen DeBoer wanted to play. But a lot of the players that made that style are gone. So you don't really have to fit to that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not a bruising (laughs) running back right now on Washington's roster. Um, But there's not really a lot there to say this this piece has to be the identity of the next head coach. Um, It's interesting, though, too, because they have a new athletic director. The guy that I Trojan horsed in there from Tulane, Troy Dannon, to blow up the program. now gets to make his first hire. I mean, I'm a little familiar with Troy Dannon because he was the AD at Tulane. Um, and he made a big basketball hire of uh, Ron Hunter, I think is his name. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah great the, coach. Yeah, yeah, right. Great. He was, he was the, where did he coach before? He has that famous. He was at March, Georgia State. Yeah, the famous yeah. March Madness moment where he falls out of his chair and his son hits the big shot. It was just kind well, of a he was because he had a yeah, yeah. cast. Right. Um but he was kind of like a splashy hire for Tulane, you know? Right. Um, and I think that Willie Fritz, the guy who led Tulane to the New Year's Six, was a pretty good hire, too. He was someone who had won a lot at lower level places. So that's the track record we have from the AD's perspective. Um, but I think the fact that Troy Dannon there is there makes it less likely that it's Jonathan Smith because he has no relationship with Jonathan Smith, right? If it was Jen Cohen right. still there... She might hire Jonathan Smith. That would make sense. Troy Dannon, it, the fact that he coached there doesn't really mean that much to me in this case. Right. I, and the profile of a coach that UW fans and boosters will find accessible uh, acceptable are very different. Um, and, you know, I think that's worth considering. I, 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 I think that there's a lot of ways that they can go. I think Jonathan Smith is, is like an obvious one that you reach out to. I think Jonathan Smith fits where Washington is. Washington needs a little bit of rebuilding. I don't think the cupboards are like ultra bare. Like I do think they're bringing back enough linemen. What is Jonathan Smith really good at? Developing linemen, um, offensive linemen. I think they've got enough there to build a decent offensive line. And a, he's a run schemer. That doesn't really depend on development nearly as much, I guess. I think he could probably go in and build a, a very strong, sustainable program at Washington. The The thing is, is that, like, we're kind of late in the whole, like, uh, coaching, you know, carousel. I, I think there will probably be plenty of other coaches that might be available. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've got a few lists of names here that I'll go through. But, Avery, I don't know if you had any thoughts about Jonathan Smith in Washington or where they might go from here outside of Jonathan Smith. I think the appearance thing, like you can say, oh, he just left for a new coaching job. You can blame that on the situation that Oregon State's in like very easily. And it seems like he kind of just jumped to the first ship that was open to him. So I feel like you very easily could get around that like appearance wise. But Reed makes a good point that with a new AD that isn't familiar with Jonathan Smith very well, 
is probably not going to make that move. I don't know where they go with this. I think it would be stupid to do an internal hire after what happened with Jimmy Lake. Like an internal hire, Grub probably wouldn't fail that aggressively, but I don't even think you chance it after what just happened two years ago. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, some, so then at that point, we're, we're talking about, I guess, coordinators. And I don't think it's a bad idea for them to go for the for the Power 5 coordinator route. Um, obviously, we would be remiss not to mention that, again, it would be great if um, Washington took a shot on a, on a coach of color, a black or brown coach. I think that would be great. Uh, I think they would be – I think there's a lot of really great, talented assistants out there. Uh, Sharon Moore is always getting talked about for Michigan. I don't know. He just won a national championship. Like worked for uh worked for Oregon with to get Dan Lanning. <laughs> you know, Washington can put up a little graphic that says national championship, Sharon Moore with like a Washington logo. It'd be great, great pre art. That that obviously worked out well for them. Uh people always talk about Zach Arnett out of Mississippi State. I don't know what his profile has looked like lately. Um Tony White has always been kind of there. Uh supposed to, you know, as a UCLA guy, that much I know. Um, pretty good defensive coordinator. I forgot where he's at. Is he at Clemson now? Um, does anyone know? I don't know where he ended up. Or, I don't he know where he Nebraska ended up either. Before, right? But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the current DC at Nebraska. Nebraska. Okay. So he was at Syracuse before. So uh, a range of different coaches. Another one that's getting brought up that that Washington fans have brought up. I just, I just want. I think this is so funny. The name that Washington fans have brought up uh, on their own, on their own volition, is Glenn Schumann, the co-defensive coordinator at Georgia. I cannot think of anything funnier than Washington hiring Ginger Dan Lanning. Like the exact profile of a head coach as Dan Lanning. Like co-defensive coordinator under Kirby Smart at Georgia, ultra young, like kind of unproven, but like everyone speaks the world of him. Exactly the same kind of hire as Glenn, as Dan Lanning would be very funny. But I don't know. I mean, I don't think I, I think that Washington absolutely could make a good hire. I think any of those the guys that I mentioned make all the sense in the world. So I don't know if anyone had any other thoughts. Go ahead, Reed. Yeah, I think you have to like in terms of their philosophy and making this hire. Honestly, you have to turn the page back to 2018, 2017, when Oregon and Washington, I guess Washington's was a bit earlier, but had openings in that period. And Washington went with a very good coach in Chris Peterson, but a guy who came from the West Coast fraternity and was a little behind the times in terms of modern recruiting. Oregon, you know, via Willie Taggart, promoted Mario Cristobal. And for as much of an idiot as he was on the field at times in his philosophy, um, and, and you, you know, would make a very good argument that Chris Peterson was a better coach than Cristobal on the field in terms of as a football coach. Cristobal brought to Oregon a new philosophy of how to build a program, of how to recruit in modern college football. And the fact is, Washington hasn't gotten exposed to that at any point. And I think because of that, the leadership at Washington doesn't hasn't evolved to think about football recruiting and football program building in the best way, in the way that it's done most places now. Um, in that token, I think that a program that is trying to op operate similarly to Washington, I, I always say this, like Oregon's goal as a program is Ohio State. 
they want to be that team that they mend the Rose Bowl uh, that gets a shit ton of talent from across the country and recruits really well. Washington's goal as a program is Michigan. They want to be a super prestigious university that does things the right way and gets to carry themselves like they're better than other people. Um, Michigan just won a national championship doing that. And in that token, I think Sharon Moore is probably the best hire you could make for this job. I don't know that they're going to get him because I think Harbaugh could be gone and he's a shoe in mm. for the Michigan job if Harbaugh is gone. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, other names people are throwing out. Lance Leopold, uh, the head coach at Kansas State, has been thrown around Chris there. Kleiman. Uh Chris Klein. Kansas. Right. A lot of a lot of those types of coaches are there. Who do you think uh, this is inspired by our homie Stodge saying there are funnier options in parentheses, Justin Wilcox. <laughs> if you want to go back into the old uh index of Washington assistance. But who do you think is like a name being thrown out there? I think you a name that will be thrown out there that you think would just be that is both feasible and also just a really silly dumb hire. Is there one out there you're like Washington needs to stay away from this guy? I'll just say if Chris Peterson comes knocking back on the door, you absolutely say no. You absolutely say no to Chris Peterson. I know that's weird because they have a lot of affinity for Chris Peterson, but Chris Peterson was the reason they were in the situation they were in 2021. He is the reason why their talent level fell off from the Steve Sarkeesian era. He is also just burnt out on college coaching, and you shouldn't rehire a dude who is burnt out on college coaching. He probably wouldn't want to come knocking on the door anyway, but I think you absolutely do not like do not bring Chris Peterson back to this program. I think that's absolutely silly. So Urban Meyer then. Yeah. <laughs> what about um, what about the other coach beat? Pete Carroll. He's already in Seattle. People have mentioned <laughs> Pete Carroll unironically. No, oh my god. No. I, can we can someone t- can someone I don't even have the energy to explain this. Can someone explain why you shouldn't hire Pete Carroll if you're Washington? <laughs> He is a. He's a hundred. Are you suggesting it's not a culture fit? (laughs) (laughs) No, no one wants to explain this. I'm gonna have to explain it. Yes, you are gonna have to explain it because I don't know what angle you're trying to take here. Okay, Uh, you don't hire first of all a 75 fucking year old (laughs) NFL 10 15 year NFL coach. You just don't. Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah. Call Bill Belichick. Any of them. Any of them. I don't care. Um, those dudes do not have the energy to recruit. They just fucking don't have the energy to recruit. Um, they are old. They are burnt out. They're tired. They probably are, might be okay schematically, but like Pete Carroll, it's been 15 years since he coached in college and under, and a lot has changed in that time. He's not recruiting to USC anymore. And in fact, you know, I, I understand that he actually made USC a major recruiting power um, and made them what they are. But like, it's not the same thing anymore. It's just not. The, the game has changed. Do not go after Pete Carroll. Do not go after any NFL lifer at all. Um, I am. I don't know what they are. What they're thinking about here. Um, Taylor Pratt says uh, we vote 75 year olds into high power. Why can't we hire a 71 year old coach? <laughs> You're making my point for me, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> Other coaches they should stay away from. Um, Morgan Scally. <laughs> yeah, they should. They should. I don't know <laughs> no, how Avery, seriously. There, I don't but... <laughs> know how seriously they're considering a Morgan Scally. I've not. The only time I've heard it is Grapes bringing it up as a joke. Uh, I hope that they don't go down that route. I think um, that would be silly. The fact that like Troy Dannon, his alma mater is Northern Iowa, 
the fact that he's like from that part of the country makes me think the Matt Campbell's and Lance Leipold's of the world might have a better <laughs> shot at this job. Um, mm-hmm. the, I think that's I, I just those he's, are often I, the the people draw from places that they're familiar with. Those are the places that they respect the most sometimes. I just don't know that that you leave a wide open Big 12 to go to the clear fourth, maybe fifth best program in the Big 10. Like, I don't, I mean, I know the money's going to be heavily different, and, and I get that. I just, I feel like Washington is, again, like this is a rebuild, you know, at this point. And so getting into a situation of, of staying in a wide open big 12 for another year and see what opens up after that to me makes more sense, but I'm a coward. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think they have to be on, I think they're going to have to get comfortable with the idea that they're rebuilding for sure. Like, I think they have to get comfortable with the idea that like the guy who's going to come in is, is a developmental guy as much as uh, anyone else is. So, you know, it's, it's not going to be a it's not going to be a major studs like f- torn from the studs rebuild like uh, a lot of places any coach who does that by the way who says yeah we got to like tear apart everything and start this over from scratch you fucking stay away from them uh that's a bad idea you don't need to do that in college football not anymore uh it's not like 2009 or whatever like you don't need to do that chip kelly did that at ucla other coaches have done that you do not need to do that uh it's a great way to wreck your program and c- kill all the momentum that you've built but the issue is though is that they they can't just save this program off of coaching hire buzz like because this hire is going to happen in late january it's not it's not going to be where like Dion got a whole off season of press. Dion's also one of one in terms of the attention he can command, but he got a whole off season of press and got to use that buzz before he had to play anyone to recruit a bunch of people and bring in a bunch of transfers. And he had a transfer window open to do it. This coach is going to have a spring transfer window open, which is much different and not a lot of meat on the bone in terms of this roster really and we'll see who stays and who goes. There are some guys that are good, but you also think like probably most of the best players on the roster are the ones most likely to get offers from other schools and leave. There's one other name I want to bring up. um, And it's in the Jonathan Smith camp in a lot of ways. And it was sparked by Reed's comment about Troy Dannon, Willie Fritz just left for Tulane for Houston. I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume Washington, everyone thinks Washington's a better job than Houston. Um, he certainly will have more talent than Houston. Willie Fritz, I don't know. Uh, people always kind of talk about him in a weird culture way. Maybe, maybe he's like too Southern or whatever, but I don't know. Does, I, I feel like Willie Fritz would be a great hire. You know, Troy Dannon has a strong relationship with him. I don't see why not. But of course, they'd have to figure out the buyout and Houston. How much money did Houston throw at him? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what his contract is. I mean, he's a winner and he's a culture builder, but I don't know what you do here. I think they're like, it really depends how Washington looks around, you know, in terms of the boosters there, whatever, and says like, okay, are we trying to get, are are we going to get a flashy coach and give them the ammo to recruit really well? Or are we going to get a program builder? You know, if you just want to get a guy who builds a culture with, three stars and a few four stars and wins and hopefully recruits the Pacific Northwest well and not much else. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think Willie Fritz could be that. He doesn't have ties there, but he could be that. I think, did we talk about Jed Fish yet at all? I, no, and he's another big name that people are like, you have to ask him. Yeah. I I mean, I have, we all have issues with Jed Fish, obviously, and how he handled the situation at Arizona with their quarterback this year. Um, and, you know, Greg has issues with him just as a in-game coach as well, beyond <laughs> decision that. Decision maker, yeah, yes. Yeah, decision yes. maker. <laughs> but he has been pretty competent in how he's built out Arizona. Um, yeah. And I think that there's some credit deserved for that. Uh, and I think there's a world where he could be successful at Washington, especially if he kickstarted them with Noah Fafita and Tedaro McMillan next year. Like, that would bring some energy. And I think he's he would be serious about recruiting, you know, and he'd have a plan at least. God, how crushing... That would be more, honestly, I would be more crushed. I think Arizona fans would be more crushed than Washington fans if Jed Fish leaves and he takes Noah Fafita with him and he takes Ted Iroa McMillan with him. That would be, that would be soul crushing. That would be painful. But I think it makes sense. I mean, the thing is, is that like, I I think Washington's a better job than Arizona, but do I think it's a much better job than Arizona? Do I think Arizona, and like Washington's like, a massive upgrade over Arizona. I guess if you feel like, yeah, the Big Ten, that's where all the money is at and where all the where all the media attention is at and blah, 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 blah. But Washington's getting less money than Arizona's getting in the Big 12. Um, I don't think I, – I think if I'm Jed Fish, that's not the kind of job I would leave for if I'm at Arizona. I would leave for something bigger. Um, I would leave for something that – for a program that's actually getting like full shares in the Big Ten. Florida might be open in six That's months. That's what they're Florida all saying. Might be Florida yeah. fans want Jed Fish is the hot rumor. Right. Maybe so, you just do um, a little pit stop for a year at Washington, <laughs> then go to Florida after but, that. But here's the thing. Like, is, it's not Fish unreal is, that Jed Fish might be coaching Florida week one this year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, depending on how this all goes. I mean, the thing is with Jed Fish is like, I don't know. I don't think he can take pit stops. I think he is his, – um, I think Jed Fish's superpower is building a program. He went one and eleven, a one and eleven that should have been an zero and twelve, and within three years got them to ten wins in a really tough conference, in a competitive conference. Um, I, I don't think he's the kind of guy that can come in. He's not a Kalen DeBoer where he's like, yeah, I'm going to come in for two years and then I'm going to kick ass and then leave, or I'm going to kick ass for two years. And things like he's a program builder, I think, um, and I just don't think. I don't know. I just don't. I don't. I mean, Washington sure could use that, but I. I think if you want Jet Fish, you want him to be there for several years. Right. Um, it makes it does make a lot more sense. Like he's gonna win next year, win one year at Arizona, and then take a bigger job. Like you're saying, I think makes more sense. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think for now, Jet Fish is. I think he should stay at Arizona. He should do that. This Washington job. I don't know. I'm. I have so many conflicting feelings about the Washington job as they go into the Big Ten. If you ask me about the Washington job, like. In 2021, when they were looking for a coach, I'd be like, this is a good job. It's a totally good job. It's as good of a job as Oregon is. I'm not sure I feel that way right now with the way those two programs are trending. I want 100% don't. Yeah, I don't feel that way at all. Um, Oregon feels like it has. I, I'll get it. I'll get in ahead of Reed here and like do the. <laughs> do the Oregon honking. Yeah. Yeah. This is not. This is a tough job. I Not a tough job, but it's not like. No, it's a tough job. It's a tough job. Like. Anywhere that you are the like you are not a top four program in your league is a tough job. It just is. Yeah. And Washington is not a top four program in the Big Twelve in the Big Ten. Yeah. Like, 
and I think that the expectations are there. I genuinely do. Yeah. They're, I mean, how many returners are they? How many starters are they returning next year? Like three. Yeah. But here's the thing is that like, when we talk about tough jobs, like whatever the roster and the next year and what they have in front of them and all this other stuff, like I think I, I just feel like that stuff is like not a reason to like determine whether this is a good job and whether someone should leave because Jed Fish could go in there. He might have not have the right roster his first year. They go six and six. We know he's a good recruiter. We saw what he did in his second year in Arizona. He could just go to the transfer portal and build and rebuild the team through the transfer portal, just like he did in 2021 or 2022, right? Like he could do that. So, but the problem is, is does he have enough resources at his disposal to say like, yeah, we got a great NIL program. We've got great recruiting infrastructure. That's the stuff that I think is for like the long-term viability of a head coach that I'm worried about with Washington. Okay. Their roster fine. They're not going to be great next year. I don't think Washington fans are going to like freak the fuck out if they're like seven and five next year. I just, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think the fan base and the boosters and all the people that matter will freak out if they go seven and five next year. It's, it's whether they can build up from that, whether they can turn it around after that season that I think people need to determine like no coach leaves because it's like, Oh yeah, I want to go there and try to win 12 games the next year. I don't, I think that's very rare. That's a sort of, those are fringe cases. And you know, Kalen DeBoer didn't take the Washington job thinking that it was, that he was going to win 10 games. Maybe he, but he did. did take but the no Alabama one thought job win. thinking that he's going to win 12 games. That yes, but Alabama's like <laughs> one of three that you could probably do that at. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'm just like, they have, they have some, they have options, and I don't think they need to figure it out. Okay, that's it. That's all we had. Any other thoughts about Washington before we get out of here? Here it is, the end of the Kalen DeBoer era. Man, the Pac-12. Pac-12 football is dying on uh, such a funny note. Very, very silly. Um, all right, well, thank you all for joining us. Thank you for streaming No Truck Stops. Uh, for more Pac-12, we're going to have more Pac-12 content. We'll talk more about this and the coaching carousel and all this other stuff as long as it's not an emergency episode. We'll talk about that on our Patreon at NoTruckStops.com. Check that out for five bucks. Please like this video. Subscribe to the channel. We would really appreciate it. Um, and that's it. So thank you all again. And remember, there are no trucks up here. Not even Rumors still and thick with smoke. So thick it makes you choke. Crowd vibes in the coffee's kicking in my patience and everything. Said I'm lonelier than a single sax on a quiet city street.